Season 2, Episode 14 of the Talking Ball Y'all Podcast, brought to you by Mugshots Grill and Bar, Katie Cake and Company, Huey P. Stocksdale LLC, Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, Herring Ford, located at 820 Memorial Boulevard in Picayune, Mississippi, and Picayune Physical Therapy Center. On this episode, we will talk high school South State playoffs and have some interviews with local area coaches. We will also have a spotlight interview with baseball standout Hayden Dunhurst. It should be a lot of fun. Welcome to tonight's episode of the Talking Ball Y'all podcast. It's a special week. Uh, It's Thanksgiving week, which is special in itself, and we're grateful uh, for you joining us. We're grateful for the way that we've been blessed. But uh, all these coaches that we'll talk to tonight and these teams that are being talked about are grateful because they're still playing football. And at South State Championship Week, Uh, for the teams that we cover down here in the lower end of the state and, of course, the north side competing for the north state. And these teams will tie up at the Rock in a couple weeks if you're lucky enough to win this uh, next week. And so we'll spend more time and really all of our time on high school football tonight. Batting uh, cleanup for us will be a special interview that we do with Hayden Dunhurst, the catcher out at Pearl River Central who signed with Ole Miss last week. He's talented, one of the uh, top players in his class. And so we got a chance to visit with him. Like I said, he will anchor the show. He will be our last interview. I'm Clay Sweet. Across the table, as usual, the producer and co-host of the show, Jeff Lysette. And then down the line somewhere on the phone, we have Jason Baker. And Jason's going to join us as he always does on Friday nights as part of our radio crew. He's going to join us tonight to talk high school football. So, guys, welcome, and this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, let's get right into it, uh, Jason and Clay. Just uh, start up at the game that we covered, had a chance of covering this past Friday night, South Pike Eagles. Uh, They came calling on the Poplarville Hornets, and Poplarville pulled that ball game out 49-28 to to head to their third straight South State Championship. Guys, big game up in Poppaville, 49-28. to Yeah, and you look at that game, Chase Shears, the guy uh, who jumps out at you, touched it 10 times, had 10 carries for 343 yards and five touchdowns. A touchdown every other time he touched it. And as you can tell with that uh, 34 yards per touch average, he had a bunch of home runs, long runs, and then uh, the defense for Popperville really faced a very good offense from South Pike. Uh, Des Amos, a kid that ran the ball out of the Wildcat for a lot of the night, uh, a quality guy for them. And so, JB, Popperville, a week ago, uh, Chase Shears, the junior tailback, put on a show. He did. He, uh, he gave us what I think we've all been waiting for, right? I mean, he gave us one of those nights when it mattered the most for his team. And, uh, you know, we got little glimpses a year ago when he was a sophomore. I think back to that night against Summerall that they, we get a big lead, they plug Chase in, he goes 90-something yards on his first carry, and you just knew that he's a young man who's got a special ability. Um, what makes it even better is he's just a great young man, very humble, and just kind of a kid that, that doesn't really want the limelight, but the limelight is going to find him. And uh, guys, he, as we talked about on our broadcast, he's just – different like you know high school kids aren't built like this high school kids don't run like this 
and a few do, but those are the elite kids. And, and I would tell you that Poplarville's got one of them. And, you know, a- after the ball game on Friday, I got to try to thinking about performances in high school athletics that I've seen that are comparable. And uh, I don't know that I've seen many on a football field um, this late in November that uh, were as special as what Jay Shears, you know, did the other night. He had four carries at one point and three touchdowns. That's absolutely unbelievable. Yep, and he wasn't just punching them in either. Right. Started the night off with an 83-yard uh, touchdown run, and I've kind of named him or dubbed him the Ferrari when he gets <laughs> out on these uh, long runs because he's 5'10", 200-pound, uh, just chiseled junior tailback, and he's touched it 60 times, y'all, and he has 18 touchdowns he's got a senior line in front of him the junior gets it too he's already uh showed his hand so to speak and acknowledging look i need uh to finish the deal for these seniors and he'll have a chance next week as popperville will play for their third straight south state title one one two years ago lost in the south state championship game last year to east central they have the rematch hornet bowl uh part two coming up over in hurley on friday night and we had a chance to sit down with head coach jay beach let's hear what coach beach had to say about that matchup coach beach man we appreciate you taking time for the podcast and we're certainly glad to still be talking to you this time of year my man yeah i'm i'm very grateful to be talking to you guys at this time of year knowing we still got a game left to play. Amen to that. Only four teams uh, left battling out in 4A football, and Popperville fortunate enough to be one of those. Popperville 12-1 and one on the year have won 12 straight to get to this South State Championship. Of course, matched up against East Central, a redo of last year, Hornet Bowl uh, Part 2. Jay, let's look back. It's kind of what we do as, as your radio crew in our pregame interviews. We always look back a week. Let's start that way. Let's look back uh, last Friday night against South Pike, uh, a quality opponent, a good team in South Pike. But you had a junior um, run the ball for as gaudy a numbers that I've seen this late in the year. Just talk about what Chase Shears was able to do this past Friday night. Yeah, I think uh, he was able to bust off a lot of long runs for us, for sure. And he opened the game up with an 83 I believe. He put us ahead 7-0. And uh, he just, he's just a special back. And uh, he's fast. He can shed tackles. He can hit home runs for you. And, you know, when you have a back like that, you, you, uh, you know, you better take advantage of it because they don't come around very often. No, Chase on the night, 10 carries, 343 yards, and five touchdowns. And that's certainly a mouthful, as I've told people that weren't there or or maybe don't follow the program quite as closely as others. They they just almost can't believe those numbers, but uh, just an outstanding uh, job. And, Jay, you're the head coach of Popperville, of course, but one of the other uh, hats that you wear is the offensive line coach. What kind of pride in that group do you have after, of course, you know, a tailback has that kind of night uh, and due to large part of what that line's done. What kind of pride do you take in a rushing performance like that? Yeah, uh, we take great pride in it. I'm saying we, you know, that's the offensive line. I consider myself part of that group. And, 
you know, we take great pride in our, our technique and our effort and our ability to open up holes for our running backs. And anytime we can get a big yardage like that, you know, everybody can be happy about that. You know, Jay and Clay had opened up the interview uh, with you talking about the South State game, uh, Popperville versus East Central. But uh, talk, I know you're, this whole week has been South State week, of course. It's the week of Thanksgiving. You've got the kids all to yourself, no class, uh, no school, a great time to prep and, and get ready. But going into this game, some players you talked to, they wanted this game. Coaches you talked to, they wanted this game. You as a head coach going down to Hurley as you have to travel this year for South State, what does it mean to face East Central again in Hornet Bowl too as, as you're preparing this week and, and get a redo, so to speak, from a last year's ball game? Yeah. Well, well the way I look at it, um, they won last year's game, so they ought to just let us win this year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we can go ahead and work that out. And, um, just, just had to be a done deal. That's, um, you know, that's what – I'd wish they'd do, but I know that's not the case. Uh, but we, we are thankful just to have the chance to, to rematch with them. With, you know, thankful to play anybody in South State, but, um, you know, we're excited just to get a chance to win a game and go to a state championship. Just to have the opportunity. Jay, I'll, I'll go a little bit deeper in the question that Jeff just asked. Uh, coaches uh, that I've been around, you included, y'all are kind of creatures of habit. Y'all have y'all's times for walkthroughs before the ball games that are lined out almost to the seconds. How weird is it to have uh, this week with such high stakes and then you throw in that school is out? I mean, is that is this fun for y'all or does it kind of just add a bunch of unknown? I know that y'all played in this ball game uh, three years in a row, but how much does that kind of mess with y'all as a program? It's fun. It's a fun time. You know, you, you stick with your, rout- your routine and you, you just change the time. To, you know, you get to your kids at 1.30 when you have school and you go through your routine. Now you just do your routine, but you just start it at a, at a different time, so it's not that big a deal. And it's, it's a fun time. Um, coaches sit around after and, you know, got a chance to talk about practice, what, what, you know, not getting too late. And I don't know. It's just, uh, it's an enjoyable time. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't think it's going to mess with anybody's routine or anything. Coach, what does it say? And you, you're not the braggadocious type, but I'll let you brag on uh, your staff and this group of seniors. I kind of almost said that nonchalantly a minute ago to be in this game uh, three years in a row. What does that say about this group of seniors and the guys that you've surrounded yourself with? Well, it says a lot about those guys. Um, it's, it's really unbelievable. When I played, you know, just a few years ago, I loved just to make it to the playoffs once mm. when I was a player. And I, I dreamed of just trying to get into the playoffs, how ready to be. Now, now just thinking about these guys – Every single year they've played, they at least made it to the South State Championship game. So that, that's that's a, uh, a big credit to them. How hard they work, you know, their commitment to the to the team, their commitment to to winning, and the, a talented group. And they, they've done their part, and they've they've made it back. And uh, now we got to execute, you know, one more week and, and try to last one more week. And our, our coaching staff, you know, I don't want to skip over that 
very thankful for the guys we have on our coaching staff. Um, defensively, you know, led by Coach Tim Story, the defense, uh, defensive coordinator, Crystal Weiss. Uh, linebacker coach, and he does our special teams, special teams coordinator, and he's done an outstanding job this year with special teams and with linebackers. Uh, I can't say enough about that job. He's important. Him and Coach Johnson both work diligently on all uh, the special teams phase and their defensive position. Um, coach Johnson has done a great job with tackles. Um, coach, um, coach Wells working with the defensive ends. And, um, Offensively, Coach Mike Higgins coming in and doing an outstanding job with his running backs, cornerbacks, and Coach Russell's working with receivers and, and uh, just pouring a lot of work into it. All those guys, we were committed and, and, and got a lot invested, and, and we're, we're having a good time. We hope it pays off. Coach, you look at, I'm sure y'all have had a chance to kind of dive in and dissect what East Central uh, does. I, I I will um, get in the huddle and probably spend way too much looking at them over the next few days. But just the numbers that they present, they don't give up anything on defense. I mean, that's got to be what the tape shows. What What do you kind of see out of East Central as you're starting to look at them? It's hard to find anywhere where teams actually drove the ball and scored on them. I mean, they might have given up a, a touchdown or two here and there, but it's rarely been just a drive on the thought of a drive down the field and score. It's been set up by something, you know, it's been a short field or, or something like that. They, they've rarely ever just given up a, a methodical touchdown drive in a game. So, you know, it's going to be, we're going to have our hands full for sure trying to score. You know, Coach, and, and Clay had, you know, asked you the question about the seniors and, and the coaching staff and, and and great answers and great response. But just the, the last question uh, for this interview is you've, like we mentioned before, you've been there and this team and seniors has been there three straight years playing this game. This was your first day of practice getting ready for South State Championship Week. Real quick, just what is the message to your team? Just flat out, what is the message to present to this this team as they get ready to play Friday night? Uh, do your job and have fun. That's it. Do your job, take pride in doing it uh, perfect, and, uh, and then just have fun. Don't don't get too tight about it. Don't get overwhelmed with it. It's another football game. Let's go, go out there and do what we know how to do. Have fun. Coach, as a radio crew, uh, myself, J- Jeff across from me, uh, Jason Baker, we can't uh, thank you enough for the access that you've given us on Friday nights, year uh, weekend, week out, year in and year out. We we can't thank you and that staff that you mentioned by name earlier is great a group to be around. So uh, not only do we thank you for your time on a, a busy week this week, but thank you for uh, what y'all allow us to do for Popperville football. Yeah, no, yeah, I appreciate you guys and everything you do as well. So. Uh, I just want to say thanks, um, and go Hornets. Yeah, thank you, Jay. And we'll, I'll be texting you about every other day this week, <laughs> checking in. So I, hear you. <laughs> I appreciate I hear you. you, Jay. <laughs> okay. There we had a chance to hear from head coach Jay Beach. Now let's turn and look at uh, the opponent. As you heard, Coach Beach reference to East Central. East Central gets to this ball game off of a 10-6 to win 
over West Lauderdale. Led that game for the majority uh, with that 10-0 score. Uh, West Lauderdale scored uh, on a special teams play late in that one. West, West Lauderdale threatened a few times, but was never really to able to punch it in against a quality East Central defense. And that's what uh, head coach Seth Smith has kind of hung his hat on is this defense from East Central. And, guys, they're going to give Popperville certainly a quality opponent as they're 12-0 and and will host this South State Championship ball game. Yeah, you know, Jason, as we talk about this ball game, Popperville 12-1, and Clay just mentioned East Central 12-0. and uh, You get the Hornet Bowl part two. Uh, Popperville goes on the road this time down to Hurley. And then, you know, Hurley's – uh, a place to play. They have built a program down there, Coach Seth has at East Central. So the Popperville Hornet fans are going to have to travel about an hour and a half uh, south uh, uh, southeast of Popperville down there to Hurley. The day after Thanksgiving, what more can you ask for for Popperville uh, to be playing um, East Central again in Hornet Bowl Part 2? You know, this one uh, has the making of a, of a true tight, ball game. You know, last year were two teams really throwing punches. I mean, just absolute haymakers a year ago offensively. Neither team really stopped anybody. But you go back and watch that tape of the Hornet Bowl Part 1. And, uh, this year's game going into it has maybe a little different tone uh, to it. East Central knows they have to win games with their defense. That's, they, Seth Smith had a quote in the paper this week. They won game one six to nothing, and they're still winning ball games, you know, off their defense here in the 12th or 13th game of the season. But they know what they've got to win it by. Popperville can kind of do it a couple of different ways. Um, they can score with you if you want to play that game, but the Popperville defense as well is very respectful. Um, those starters have done a fantastic job. And so this one going in, of course, you never know how these games are going to play out, but going in, it's got the tone that it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be a lot of defense on the field. And it just has the feeling that we're in for another classic over in Hurley. And you talk about that atmosphere. I don't know that I've ever been a part of a high school event uh, with that kind of atmosphere than what we saw a year ago. And, fellas, if, if the indication early this week, if you take this podcast with any indication, I would expect an atmosphere to be equal to or greater over in Hurley next Friday night. And if you can put yourself back to that Friday after Thanksgiving last year, to think that we may surpass that kind of atmosphere is uh, unimaginable. I've got friends from north of Hattiesburg that tell me they're traveling to the game to come watch it, and, and they don't have a dog in the hunt. And so that, that tells you just kind of where the eyes are right now between these two schools. It'll be, unfortunately, the last matchup in the playoffs for them, you know, as East Central's getting ready to head up to 5A for a while. Yep, they will uh, head up to 5A, and I certainly echo uh, many of the things that Jason has just said there. If you want to go check out uh, the Hornet Bowl, the first edition, if you will, search it on YouTube, East Central versus Popperville. It comes right up, and you'll hear our call of the game and great video uh, provided as well so uh, just a kind of a way to refresh and get ready for this matchup one key player and I don't want to go past and get into Seth's interview before I mention this we've mentioned Chase and the junior coming on the scene showing just kind of really what we expected of him but number nine for the Hornets the quarterback 
Antonio Barnes. This is a kid that now has played or will play in three straight of these ball games. The scene won't be uh, too big for him as he's played for a state championship and nine has had a great senior campaign. Antonio Barnes, I think if Popperville were to go over there and to beat East Central, that he's going to play a large role in doing that. You'll have a chance now to hear from head coach Seth Smith and his thoughts on this rematch, so to speak, and to kind of hear how his team got here. A great interview coming right now from Seth Smith. Coach, it's a good time of year to be visiting with you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've come a long way since our conversations back in August, yeah. Yeah, a lot of fun. And then the people going to get what they want, huh, man? A Hornet Bowl Part 2. Yeah, they they get in the Hornet Bowl, too. I think the structure of the game may be a little different. Uh, I mean, defensively, I feel like we can compete with anybody, but offensively, we've uh, we, we've kind of been like the, the 1980 Chicago Bears. We're having a, having a hard time lighting it up, but we're going to try hard and see what happens. Yeah, well, it's funny you bring up the Bears. That's kind of what your defense has been like, is like that 85 group. Talk to us, Coach. We know about White. We saw plenty of him last year. We know he's committed to go over and play at Southern Miss and the player that he is with the amount of tackles that he makes. Tell us about some other guys on our defense. You don't do what y'all have done uh, defensively with just one dude. Give us some other names and, and what y'all are doing on that side of the ball, Seth. Well, I'll tell you, Clay, I mean, obviously everybody knows Avery, but I think I told you guys back in August, last year, Tony and, and, and the Cumbus kid and then, the, of course, the offensive lineman we had, those three D1 guys got most of the headlines. Right. Well, we were still pretty good on defense last year. Well, eight of those guys came back, so mm-hmm. we felt like going into the season that could be the heartbeat of our team because we were going to have a fresh new group on offense, but a lot of guys back on defense I mean, Branson Davis, who kicks and punts for us, plays outside backer. I think he's got six interceptions. Uh, Trent Baldock's got five picks. He uh, played good this past Friday night, didn't he? Yeah, he did. So, I mean, a lot of them, Joel Riser, defensive end, I think he's got eight sacks. But Trace Higginbotham's got double-digit sacks. Uh, another guy that, you know, to me potentially could be the next D1 kid for us is Zach Jones, the linebacker that plays alongside Avery. He's about 6'3", 215, 220, moves good, not quite as fast as Avery, but has really done a great job, you know, coming in and playing backer. So, honestly, it's hard to name names just because, you know, to me that group truly has embodied the group effort. I mean, it's not just one guy, even though, of course, you read about Avery. It truly has been a collective group effort by them. Coach, when you've got a side or a group that's been as dominant as they've been, does that change the way you coach a little bit where your offense and special teams just tries to kind of complement that group, or uh, does it not? No, you know, it's funny you say that. and Clearly it shows you are educated in the game. And here's why I say that. My sweet wife will ask me, she'll say, why in the world do you punt so much more this year? We punt so much more. You know, in the past, fourth and three, fourth and four, a lot of times we go for it. But when you're really good on defense, if you can flip the field, mm-hmm. it can force the other team to do things they don't want to do and later in the game potentially give you an advantage. So when, when you're great on defense and, and you're good on special teams, then what you try to do offensively is control the ball and not do anything to lose you the game. And it can be boring to watch, but up to this point it's been effective. 
Yep, undefeated, 12-0. and 0. And you poor mouth your poor little offense here, but let's talk about them, Coach. You've gotten some guys uh, healthy as the year's gone along, and y'all still been able uh, to run the ball at times, of course, well enough to go 12-0. and 0. So y'all were injury plagued, but have gotten all your guys back. Is that right, Coach? Yeah, we are. We are. We're as healthy right now as we've been all year. That is correct. Uh, Cameron Gray missed half the season with a broken a broken tibia. Uh, Dylan Grinsteiner played nine games with a, a cast on his hand. Uh, you know, before the season even started, we lost our receiver to an ACL. You know, it was just a, a barrage of different things like that. Our little fullback, bless his heart, wrecked a dirt bike and wound up missing three or four games. So it was just a, you know, a continuous snowball, but again – Thank God we've been fortunate on the other side of the ball, and up to this point they've kind of towed the low. But, but you know, hopefully if we can get into a rhythm, you know, we can move the ball a little bit Friday. But I'm going to tell you, Popperville, you know, my goodness, they're good. Yeah, Coach, you bring up Popperville. Let's get into it, man. What have you seen uh, on the green and gold Hornets uh, that you've been studying tape on? What jumps out at you about this Popperville team? Maybe different. Um, from last year, you've described Brown and Bolton. Neither one of them's going to show up in Hurley uh, Friday night. So just those two guys in particular are going to change the look of this rematch. Yeah, well, I'll give you my honest opinion. I probably shouldn't say it, but I'll say it. You guys watch them every Friday. I think they're better on defense this year than they mm-hmm. were last year. And now that they have Shears back, they're equal on offense. Mm. Yeah, which, I mean, to me gives them an advantage. We're not as good on offense. I think we are as good this year as we were last year on defense. But, shoot, they scored 40-something points on us. So, we got our hands full. I mean, again, we're going to have to play uh, a great game, which is doable, but we're going to have to play really, really good uh, Friday night. You know, Coach, and we talked to, you know, this it's been the hype around Poplarville. I'm sure it is around Hurley, too, about the Hornet Bowl, too. Uh, talk about uh, the relationship you have with, uh, head coach Jay Beach and we and some family members. You know, we don't want to mention the names. We know who we're talking about. Clay's shaking his head right now. That is on that Poppaville coaching oh, staff. But you have them at home, coach, and you've been lucky and fortunate as far – I say lucky. It's been fortunate. It's fell in your favor to be at home for the, the first three games of the playoffs. So how is that having Poppaville come to your place this year for the South State Championship all going to factor in to this Friday night? You know, I don't – you know, that's a great question. I don't know if my answer will be great, but, again, you'll get an honest opinion. I felt like last year, even though we traveled, we brought so many people mm-hmm. to Popperville that it didn't feel like an away game because when we did something good, it was a roar. When you guys did something good, it was a roar. Now, the advantage to being at home is you, you keep your structures, and when I say structure, your time the same as far as – you know, get the kids at the field. You don't have to load up, drive an hour and a half. So obviously that 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 does give you an advantage. But as far as you know, home field in South State, I'm glad we're home. I'm thankful we're home. But I know Popperville would travel like we traveled. So at the end of the day, I don't know that there will be a a huge crowd advantage. Honestly, I think we're going to show out, and and and, and their fans will show out. And I honestly think. Uh, the energy and the electricity will be equal to last year. 
Seth, you're fortunate enough to have Cruz Russell in your family. <laughs> well, I didn't want to mention names, Clay, yeah. but so, yeah. so he's the wide receiver <laughs> yeah. coach at Popperville there. Will he be more or less obnoxious at Thanksgiving <laughs> this year than usual? Well, he's always pretty obnoxious. Uh, you know, shows a, he always shows a high maturity level with his trash talk to be his age. So, yeah, I'm sure he'll be equal to last year. Did a great job talking trash to my eight, nine year old. Oh, so I'm sure. Gosh. I'm sure I'll sit back and smell a little turkey in my dressing and watch him argue with my uh, with my nine year old about who's going to win. You oh know? man, they don't make them like Cruz, do they? Mm-mm. He is special. I love the heck out of it, but yeah, he is a trip. Oh man, and uh, Coach Beach each and every. Friday night, I, I go over his winning percentage, and I say, and you've done this with Cruz on your staff for the majority of his time. So quite <laughs> impressive what Coach Beach has done there in Popperville. Seth, man, it's always uh, fun to visit with you, and we look forward to seeing you on Friday night, man. Last uh, year at this time, I don't know that I've ever seen a football game uh, on high school or any level that was as special or as fun to cover I'm not looking for that same, but I'm sure the atmosphere will be the same till we get things going over there in Hurley next Friday night. Look forward to seeing you, man. Absolutely, fellas. Thank you guys for having me, and have a great Thanksgiving. You too, too, Seth. Now let's bump up from 4A to 5A and to look at these matchups as you have uh, Picune advancing and will now host, Jeff, as they take a 41 to 22 victory between the bricks. A tough place to go play, but got the win last week. Yep. Uh, Picking goes up to Laurel. Uh, 19 point win, uh, you know, for, uh, for Picking. Like you mentioned, a close. Uh, close environment there between the bricks up at Laurel. We had a chance last week to talk to Laurel's head coach, and he, he looked. Uh, at Picayune and talked about what Picayune would have to do in a big night for Picayune running back Jordan Rain going up there on a uh, kind of a cold, uh, messy, messy field. It's been raining all last week, but Picayune goes up there and just does what Picayune does best, run the football behind that big offensive line uh, this year and comes out with the win, 41-22, to and will now host the South State this week. So uh, big win right there for the Maroon Tide. Yep, and when you look at it um... – Picayune, a team, of course, that we follow. We record this podcast out of Picayune. And that line, JB, you're actually a guy that played for the Picayune Maroon Tide. You've seen uh, that rushing attack up close and personal as you were a defender uh, many days on practice trying to stop uh, some of this power running game. To me, when you look at the line, at the yardage that they've been able to accumulate, you know you've seen it up close. They're a tick up from what they normally do, rushing the football, and it's landed them in a South State Championship ball game. Hey, Clay, you know, we saw this big team 13 weeks ago in the opener between Popperville and Big uh, And I'll be honest with you, if you would have told me then that Dodd and his staff would have this team in the South State Championship, I don't know that I would have just totally been on. 1,000% on board for that. I would have told you they had the potential, but they're going to have to they're going to have to get a better rushing attack to do so, and they've done it. And uh, really and truly, when I think about what they've accomplished, they're not the deepest picking team that God has had. Um, they're they're actually kind of low on total numbers, but what they do, they do efficiently well, 
Uh, and, and as you've alluded to, I think the rain kid has taken his game up, and then they are huge. Picayune is probably the largest picking team uh, that I've ever laid eyes on over the last few years. And I think they're just leaning on people this time of year. And uh, if you're not prepared for a four-quarter fight against them on a Friday night, then you're ill-prepared because that's what you're going to get from a Dodge team, night in, night out, is they're going to play the full 60 minutes. And if you're not prepared for that, um, your night can, can be difficult. And, um, you know, this is going to be a whale of a matchup. I understand West Jones has got a young man, I believe he's committed to Alabama, a defensive end, and um, I was talking to some people in and around Hattiesburg this week, and they just said this kid played out of his mind against the Tigers uh, last Friday night. And I said, well, that's great, but uh, he's going to have to do it again because they're one thing about Dodsley, they're not going to run away from him. They're not going to try to, you know, scheme against him or anything like that. Um, they'll probably believe they can block him and they'll put a hat on him and they'll find out if they can or they can't. And uh, if that's the case, if they can block him, well, West Jones is going to have to fly to that football. You know, the thing about playing a big no matter the score, you almost have to forget what it is because you almost have to continuously pursue that attack with just an unrelenting type effort. If you cannot do that, they are going to wear you down in the third and fourth quarter. And uh, this time late a year when things are banged up, picking room tide is the last team you want to see coming in here for. Yep, there's no doubt about that. And a guy that's got plays a large part in that rushing offense is a line coach and offensive coordinator, Cody Steigner. We get a chance to visit with Cody about the matchup last week at Laurel and then also this coming week against West John. Let's hear from Coach Cody Steigner. We're blessed tonight to be joined by Cody Steigner, offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for the Picayune Maroon Tide. And, uh, Cody, this is a good time of year for us still to be calling on you, brother. Oh, yeah, man. There's, there's no better time of the year. Uh, you know, wake up and have nothing but football for the whole day. And, you know, we're, we're blessed to be where we are and uh, excited to be in the situation we're in. Cody, y'all went up uh, between the bricks. Probably one of the tougher places to play across the state and got a big win to secure uh, a South State berth. Tell us about that game this past Friday night. Well, I mean, like between the bricks, I mean, there's really, I don't know if there's any other better place to play high school football. It's just the atmosphere there. And the old stadium, it's just got a cool little vibe to it, you know. And, uh, we went up there and, and I thought, you know, both sides of the ball, I thought we executed really well. Uh, our defense, you know, showed up to play, uh, minus a few hiccups there. And, uh, like, I thought they played late, lights out the majority of the game. And uh, we had three big interceptions during the game. And, uh, of course, that's what we're always looking for, looking for ways to steal possessions uh, because we feel, you know, we get the ball on offense. We feel we can we can move it on uh, just about anybody. Uh, and uh, we were able to do that Friday night. And uh, Laurel, Laurel had a really good team, really talented, man, lots of good players. Uh, but I think our kids, you know, they rose to the occasion. Uh, you know, the the field was really sloppy, but, I mean, it was sloppy for them, too. Uh, I mean, it was a hard-fought game. I mean, the score really doesn't indicate it. But, I mean, there was, there, that was a, a, a fight all the way into the last second. Cody, this Russian attack, man, we, we've talked about it uh, with you every time you've been on because it's hard not to talk about 
Uh, you've got a senior tailback in Jordan Rain who's close to uh, the 3,000-yard mark. Y'all are averaging as an offense 45 points a ball game. Um, I followed Picayune football for as long as I can remember. And the running game since uh, Coach Lee's been there, of course, has been the staple. But to me, this is a tick above even a normal Picayune rushing offense. Uh, we ask this every time you're on, but tell us, man, this offensive line and uh, fullbacks and rain, just a, uh, it seems to be a perfect combination to run this offense. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got the, you know, we've got the right nucleus of players. Uh, like you said, we've got a pretty big offensive line. They, they're uh, pretty athletic for what they do. Uh, we got a, a tight end, I think, who's, who's as good as any in the state. Uh, you know, Denzel Whitney, he, he, he's, been, he's been getting better and better since week one. Uh, Jordan, he's special, you know, but it also, he, he knows he can't do it without the guys up front. And, you know, we got Jaquel Myers leading the way for us on offense, and uh, he's been doing a great job. Like, you know, we talk about it every week, and you know, how much he's getting better uh, every week. And, you know, his leadership role has kicked up a notch now that we got into the playoffs. And it's starting to show, and it shows Friday night, you know. And our kids, I think they, you know, we talk about it every week. We, we, in our meetings, we want to score every time we get the ball. I mean, of course, that's everybody's job, but we, we really harp on wanting to score every time we get the ball. That's what we're calling a perfect game on offense. And, uh, and they, and, and I give all of our guys the credit because they're the ones out there at practice every day. You know, they're putting in the work on Friday nights. And, you know, there's sometimes they come to me on the sidelines and they're making adjustments hmm. themselves. And that just goes to show you the maturity that they have that they've gotten. Over the over the course of the season, uh, able to make adjustments on their own and and just you know fly by the seat of their pants that they got to and and uh, you know it's something we see all sorts of kind of defenses and and you know every every meeting we talked about we always say you know we don't know what we're going to get on defense we're we're going to prepare for what we think they're going to be in but our guys have pretty much seen just about every kind of defense imaginable I believe and. Uh, they do a great job communicating, and and just they're they're just hard nosed, tough kids, man. They they work their butts off. You know, Cody, and then you mentioned y'all went up to uh, went up to Laurel between the bricks and and got that win, uh, forty one to twenty two over Laurel, and now school's out. As you mentioned, it's one of the best weeks in football, high school football. School's out. You have the kids all to yourself. Don't have to worry about anything. It's Thanksgiving break, but now. You have to play West Jones, but you put getting them at home. What is that like? And I know you've been in this situation playing, and you've been there coaching and stuff like that. But for these kids to have the home game in your home stadium for South State, what is that? What is that like going in? And what is it? It makes the prep even a little better too, knowing that you have that opponent coming into your place. Well, I mean, I don't know. If West Jones is a really good team. I don't know if really playing home or away really is going to be a big difference. But, I mean, it's a big boost for our kids to know we don't have to travel. And we, you know, they'll have a lot more more people in the stands for them cheering them on. And um, But, you know, talking with them today, I, I don't think it matters who we're playing. They they are prepared and they want to just work hard. They're, they're, they know what the ultimate prize is. And, and you know, we've heard, we worked hard all the way back to last offseason. Um and it's just the, for the kids to be in this situation, the practice during Thanksgiving is, you know, there's only four teams in 5A Mississippi that are practicing this week. So that says a lot about what our guys have been through and the work they put in. And, um, and it, you know, the excitement 
the, the excitement is there, but we also know we still got, you know, after Friday night, we, we come back down to earth and no, we got to get to work because it's, nothing's easy now. It's, it's all going to be taking a lot of hard work. It's going to take a lot of luck also. Um, and I think right now we got a little bit of both on our side. Cody, a, a special time of the year for football, and we've certainly appreciated the insight that you've given us into uh, the football program this year along this journey, and we wish you and uh, that staff and the players nothing but the best of luck Friday night. But we don't want to let you uh, go tonight before we give the baseball program a chance to sell some tickets. I believe baseball and softball program are, are going to uh, go in halves on an upcoming fundraiser that – Really has me excited. If you would just tell our listeners uh, how they can get tickets and what's going to be going on here in a couple weeks. Well, that's right. On, on December 10th at 630 at the Picayune Auditorium, we'll have Coach Ryan Polk coming to uh, to speak to the community. It's uh, $10 a ticket. Uh, it's a fundraiser for the high school baseball and softball team. Uh, you know, Coach Polk is a legend, a legend. I mean, a legend among legends in college baseball. And, uh, you know, we reached out to him and, uh, you know, he, he was willing to do this. And, and it's, a, I think it's a great thing just to come and, you know, it's be a good thing for our community. And, uh, you know, if you're looking to buy tickets, just, just, you know, locate any Picayune high school baseball player, softball player. You can contact myself, Coach Christy Mitchell. Uh, if you can't either get one of us, you know, we'll get back in school on Monday, come up to the school, you know, we'll have tickets for sale at the school. Uh, and also that night too, we'll still be selling tickets that night. You know, we're not gonna we're trying not to turn anybody away. Mm-hmm. We want to get as many people there to listen to them. Cause I think it's gonna be great. You know, I had one of my kids ask me the other day, you know, what is he gonna talk about? And I'm like, well, he, he's a baseball coach. I'm sure he's gonna talk about his career in baseball mm-hmm. and life. Uh, he's been there and done it, and so it's you know it's it's great. And from what I understand, I've never listened to him speak personally. I've just talked to him on the phone. He's a very funny guy. And so I really feel like it's going to be, a, you know, just a great time, a lot of laughs and, and uh, something good for this community. Absolutely, man. It's an awesome get for uh, base, both the baseball and the softball program, too, for our community. So uh, that's that's awesome, man. We're glad that y'all are doing that. And um, on the football side, man, continued success. Cody, we thank you, man. We realize the week that it is and uh, what these 10 or 15 minutes mean. Uh, from your family so we appreciate stealing time from them man and you giving us time on the podcast hey no problem hope to speak to you next week good luck coach. absolutely thank you thank cody you. all right bye-bye. now we've talked about pick and what they did to get to that ball game coming to pick will be wes jones wes jones got everybody in the state's attention just last friday night beating hattiesburg hattiesburg no matter where you looked was at least two in the state most publications and website had them as the number one team in the state and west jones beats them 37 to 14 in a game we were keeping an eye on really from the beginning west jones got out in front and it was never really close west jones wore hattiesburg out and i don't know if anybody saw that coming west jones has played great defense all season long but to pull that type of upset and i'll call it an upset uh, West Jones is 11-2, and two, but still, that's thought as an upset across the state. So tip your hat to the Mustangs from West Jones. You know, and we, we talked about it, us as broadcasters, podcasters, whatever. We can speculate, and I'll go out on the limb and speculate, that I think Hattiesburg maybe kind of was already looking at playing in the rock, being at home 
for the state championship. They, like you mentioned, number one, number two, most of them had a number one, and most of them had the odds on favorite winning the 5A state championship, but to have the Mustangs come in and put the performance together that they put together, it speaks highly of the West Jones team. And you just mentioned their record, 11-2 and two after beating Hattiesburg. That's what they are going into this week's South State uh, game, 11-2. and two. But they have opened the eyes of the state statewide from north to south with that big win over Hattiesburg. Yeah, we got a chance to visit with a very humble uh, head coach, Scott Pearson, who has had a ton of success in this state coaching high school football. It was our pleasure to visit uh, with him and to get his thoughts, not only on the win last week over Hattiesburg, but as he gets ready to make the trip down to Picayune. So let's hear from head coach Scott Pearson. Coach Pearson, we appreciate you joining the podcast uh, tonight, and um, certainly glad uh, to have you on. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to do something like this. Coach, uh, y'all certainly got everybody's attention across the <laughs> state. I'd say from the top to the bottom, uh, was aware of exactly what kind of team uh, you were coaching there in Sosa, Mississippi, with a big win over Hattiesburg. And tell us, Coach, how'd y'all accomplish that? Well, I think it was just one of those nights where a lot of things had to go right for us, and uh, we were fortunate that, I mean, we had a lot of kids make a lot of plays for us. And I think, to be honest, with Jeff and Caddysburg, was a little off. Uh, you know, when you're playing a team that's really, really good, and, and and I'm not taking anything away from our team because we're a good football team too, but obviously if they're the number one team in the state of Mississippi, they had a lot of really good players. And I think for whatever reason, they just really didn't play at a high level, and we were able to take advantage of that. Coach, your defense, uh, six shutouts on the year. Y'all are only averaging giving up eight a game. I believe the week before when we were previewing uh, that game against Hattiesburg, I said something to the effect of your defense gave y'all at least a puncher's chance. Well, uh, y'all proved that y'all had more than that. But speak to our listeners that maybe aren't familiar uh, with your West Jones club about the way that defense has played all year long. Well, to be honest with you, they are really, really good, and, and that's where we're fortunate enough to have some really good players. Byron Young, who's a man, I think he's top 100 player in the nation. who's committed to Alabama. He's six foot four, 285 pounds, and he's a heck of a ball player. Uh, and obviously, it's not real hard to coach him. <laughs> and then we got, you know, we got Damian Cunningham who plays tackle on the other side. And, you know, he's six one, two eighty. So we got two guys inside that are two eighty that bring. Um, a lot of punch, and then we're fortunate enough that our two edge players are really good players, John Michael Coleman and uh, Scooter Crosby. Or, you know, and they're both six two, six three, two ten, two fifteen. So, I mean, those four right there are real formidable. And then we have a young set of linebackers that do a really good job with the slay lines and Nick Runnels, and and uh, so we're we're fortunate that I mean we got really good players up there. So it it, it kind of it kind of makes guys really pressed. And, and I think when you go back to the Hattiesburg film, I think they were able to move the ball and a lot of people never kind of went up against the front that was going to give them a lot of problems. Because what we noticed early on was that the quarterback was never under any kind of pressure or any kind of stress during the game. And uh, fortunately for us, our best players are our front four, and our front four was able to create pressure. And I think that created maybe some bad decisions, some bad throws, which we were able to capitalize on. Coach, in, in your defense, I think from what you've described there, full of good players. Sounds like uh, you certainly know uh, what you had going into the ball game there. 
but your offense, a sophomore quarterback, when you look at his numbers, uh, 14 touchdowns against only two interceptions shows that he makes uh, good decisions. And then just reading an article or two after the game, you gave credit to some wide receivers that are coming on the scene. Uh, your offense took big strides on Friday night. I think that's the biggest thing. I think defensively, we knew we were going to be good. And offensively, we were a work in progress. The little sophomore that started for us now, he wasn't our starter earlier in the year. I don't think he really started starting until maybe the fifth or sixth game. And it was basically just because of what we were seeing in practice every day. We're like, man, because our starter was a senior, and he did a good job for us. But we just kept seeing the sophomore just continually make good decisions and good throws. So eventually, we kind of worked him into the lineup, and he didn't disappoint us. And then our wideouts, who we thought we were going to be pretty good out there, struggled early on for whatever reason, timing. Uh, we just had a lot of drops. And, and then as we put the sophomore in, there was a, a real continuity and a real sense of uh, obviously he's real accurate with the ball, as you can tell by his completion percentage, along with the lack of interceptions and touchdowns. But our wideouts started to realize that if, you know, if they ran routes that were crisp and on time, the ball was going to be delivered on time. So they started making a lot more plays. And uh, I think that's been the biggest difference for us is, is, you know, we've always been able to run the ball. But now we're able to throw the ball first and then run the ball second, which creates issues for teams we play. And, and Coach Pearson, as, as we're talking, and Clay had mentioned all of you know, the stats and the, and the names, and, and you mentioned them offensively and defensively. But uh, we, when you're talking football at this time of the year in high school football, you're doing something right. Now you've got a week out of school, Thanksgiving break. You've got the kids all to yourself, no school. Uh, what? And I know, and I know, first thing Saturday or Sunday, you pop film in on Picayune. Y'all, y'all are always in the playoffs. West Jones Picayune. It seems like uh, them names is all is, is coming up year after year in playoffs, but. What message do you send to your kids that some of these that may not been in situations like this as you're preparing them uh, to come down here and, and to face a picky and maroon tide on their home field for the South State Championship? I think the biggest thing is, is, is all of a sudden now that we were fortunate enough to beat Hattiesburg, quote-unquote, we've arrived. Uh, and, and that's our biggest fear as coaches is now our kids might walk around like they've, they've accomplished something and, and, and their year is over and everybody's telling them how good they are and all that. I'm not an idiot. I've played Picayune three or four times in the playoffs and Coach Dodd's going to have those guys uh, rocking and rolling and, and, and they're going to – it's a different animal by thought based on, you know, Hattiesburg's a throwing mm-hmm. spread uh, perimeter thing. But Coach Lee's been doing it a certain way a long time and had unbelievable – and this is going to be in your mouth. Here we come. You know, we're fixing to find out how good those front four are. Uh, so it's, you know, it's like I told my kids today. I mean, you are who you are, and you are who you are because of how you worked all year. Mm. Now, all of a sudden, everybody thinks you're something special when you're still the same kids and the same team you've been since week one. Just because everybody's jumping on board doesn't change our mission, doesn't change our goals, doesn't change the way we prepare and go to work. So, uh, that's kind of the way we've addressed it. You know, like I said, as far as, like you said earlier, you know, we beat Hattiesburg now, all of a sudden we got put on the map. But the way I look at it, we're still the same team, doing the same things that we've done since week one. Uh, the only difference is, is we're playing teams that are ranked higher than us and we're finding ways to win. But by no means do we think any differently about what we're going to do to prepare to get ready to play a team down there in Picayune that we have the utmost respect for. And they play at a high level every week, too. 
Coach, I, I believe you've been in this game six times. I don't want to short uh, shortchange you there, so I think that certainly sure. helps uh, you prepping and being able to know exactly what this week looks like. But when you look at your schedule, I looked at it. Y'all are 11-2. and two. Does anybody do something similar to what uh, Picune does offensively, and that's just kind of jam it uh, down your throat as far as that rushing attack? Yeah, and I'll say the only one that's probably equivalent to that is Stone County. And, uh, you know, Stone County kind of does a similar kind of offense. The head coach there played with Dodd, mm-hmm. you know, played for him and then coached with him for a long period of time. So it's the same thing. The only difference is no disrespect to Stone whatsoever. I think Coach does a great job with him up there, but it's a different animal based on a, a talent level. Uh, I mean, at Stone, they got great players, but at Pixie, they got awesome players. They got guys up front as good as we've ever seen. And for whatever reason, every tailback back there, as long as I've been playing since 2002, <laughs> looks the same. It's the same kid with a different number, but it's the same kid. Downhill, jump cut one time, hit vertical, and run somebody over. And how he gets those kids every year is beyond me, but it is the same kid and that's what we said is that kid ever going to graduate he's got to be 36 (laughs) 17 years but it's basically the same style the same everything and one thing that he does is he's going to hang his hat on that you know that's what he's going to do he's going to sell out to it the kids believe in it and they've been highly successful doing it so the only thing we can equate it to fortunately for us we crossed with stone two weeks ago and we didn't fare real well i mean they scored 23 points which is a big a big number for us Mm-hmm. And uh, offensively, we didn't get our hands on the ball. Now, it was wet, the field conditions were bad and all that, but it doesn't matter. I think Stone played at a high level that night, and they, they did. We, we did have a problem uh, corralling him just because it was something we haven't seen. Yeah, the Arrington kid over at Stone is a handful, and they looked, uh, that Stone team, just totally different when he got back into the mix about halfway through the season there. But, uh Coach, when you look at um, being able to keep playing at this time of the year and uh, what's going on there at West Jones with the baseball program having the success they did uh, this past year, an exciting time to be part of the uh, Mustang athletic family up that way? Sure, and then our girls' basketball team played for the state championship last year too. So uh, as far as that in general, you know as well as I do, it runs through. It's kind of a cycle, good or bad. You know, there's years you have really good players, and when you have really good players, when you're a coach, you expect to win at a high level. And we've been fortunate on the baseball field and girls' basketball and ourselves and even our soccer program. And we've had a run of really good players and uh, and had a lot of success in the last, shoot, I'd say the last four or five years, to be honest with you. That's awesome, Coach. Coach, we certainly appreciate your time. Thank you for joining the podcast tonight. You bet, man. Y'all have a good day. Good luck Friday, Coach. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, after hearing from Coach Pearson there on the 5A level, let's bump up to the 6A level and let's start down south. If it will be Oak Grove uh, versus Brandon, you get a rematch of a region game and a game that uh, Brandon was able to take care of Oak Grove earlier in the year. But how did Oak Grove get there? They beat Petal and uh, across town, really Pine Belt, Rivalry in itself, 48-35, to 35, Oak Grove was able to take care of Petal and secure their place in that South State Championship uh, game. And the Warriors have begun to really turn it up on offense. They've gone 48-45 and 48 in point totals. And so, guys, that's an offense that is led by 
Plumley, and everybody in the state that pays attention to high school football knows about him. And if you pay attention to high school baseball, you know about him. Certainly an awesome athlete back there pulling a trigger for these Warriors. You know, and Jason, as we, we looked at this score, Oak Grove 48, pedal 35, as Slade just mentioned. You've been a part of uh, playing, you know, when you played with Picking, you know, Picking Oak Grove used to play a good bit in football uh, together. I've been a part of it as a broadcaster uh, point of view as I called for pedal uh, at times, but for Oak Grove to to beat Pedal, not only an in district rival, but also a cross town rival, to beat that team uh, to make it to the South State playoffs was big for Oak Grove. So Oak Grove faces a tough Brandon team, which they fell to earlier in the year by ten points. Yeah, and from what I understand, the performance is even more magical and even kind of more uh, alarming if you're Oak Grove. That uh, at one point late in the second half, that team was tied at 28 apiece. And then Oak Grove just absolutely explosion from there uh, over pedal. And from what I understand, uh, John Ryan Plumley uh, really took over there late in the second half. As you would want your best player to do, and, you know, that's a that's a coaching staff that we have some ties with. Uh, and Drew Paul, the head coach of the Oak Grove Warriors. Uh, and then the, uh, the quarterback coach, Russell Mitchell, he's a big native. And uh, I believe you guys are getting ready to, uh, I think, talk with him. And uh, those guys... You know, they've grown around a system. They learned underneath Tim Hatton, who's the coach at Pearl River Community College. They know how to win big games. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, when you start talking about a revenge factor and that interdistrict type game now to play for a state title, it's got a lot of uh, a, a lot of uh, kind of sparkle to it, if you will, that over a Brandon uh, matchup. And uh, they're a Warriors team that's kind of got the Oak Grove community really behind them right now. I understand they had traffic backed up on the highway 90 last week for that Oak Grove pedal matchup. So it tells you the interest in the eyes that are following that program right now and a, a daunting task for Brandon. But uh, I wouldn't look for Coach Bossy or Coach Mitchell uh, to back up any from that point. I saw the name Sam Thomas on that uh, coaching staff as well as Jason Baker, the former voice of the Pearl River Community College. I believe he was a slot wide receiver for some of those uh, years that we got to call the River Games as well. So a strong uh, Pearl River Community College influence there for Oak Grove, and it served them well as they'll be in that South State title game. We'll get a chance to visit with offensive coordinator and quarterback coach Russell Mitchell. We're now joined by Russell Mitchell. He is the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach and a good friend of mine and uh, a guy that I've watched a lot of football with through the years, uh, Russell Mitchell, when he was back with PRCC and under uh, head coach Hatton. We would sit across the way there as he was upstairs giving some help on the headsets and I was upstairs making a mess on a set of headsets doing radio. So, Russell and I have seen some good football together. Russell, thank you for joining the show tonight, man. Thanks for having me. Russell, your Oak Grove uh, Warriors, man, still playing, and it's a special time of year in high school football. Uh, good for us to be calling you this time of year, huh? Yeah, yeah, it's always good when you're working during Thanksgiving breaks. You know, that's kind of what you strive for. Um, we've been, been fortunate to – to win enough games to stay alive and, and trying to trying to find a way to win two more, you know. Amen to that. Oak Grove now with that 11-2 and two record uh, will compete against Brandon at Brandon for 
the 6A South State uh, championship. And when you look at it, Russell, your offense, uh, as you're the OC up there, relies heavily on that quarterback position. And tell us, our, our listeners or people that haven't had a chance to keep an eye on this kid at quarterback, tell me about Plumlee, man. Well, we're, we're glad he plays for us and we don't have to play against him, you know, first first of all. But he's uh, everything you would want in a in a young man. You know, he's very, very well-rounded, respected by everybody in the community and the school. And, um, and that, that's not even getting into what a great athlete he is. You know, I could we could stay on here all hour talking about him if you, if you wanted to. But, um He's a tremendous athlete, tremendous leader, tremendous student, tremendous um, <clears throat> speed, throws the ball well. He batted 500 last year for our baseball wow. team. You know, um, never made a B in his life. Plays the piano. Hmm. You know, just just, just an incredible person. Um, and and I'm, I'm lucky to, to be around him, you know, uh, just to be quite honest. <laughs> so he, he's a good one, Clay. Well, you look at his numbers, Russell, uh, over 2,200 yards throwing the football, 22 touchdowns with only two picks. That jumped out at me. And then you flip over the rushing yardage, uh, just as Gaudy, over 1,200 yards running the football and has accounted for 14 rushing touchdowns. So in itself, Russell, he kind of balances out that offense, but – Y'all are a pretty balanced uh, attack as well. Tell us about your offense up there, man. Yeah, well, he punts for us, too, and he holds <laughs> on extra points, and he played safety the second half uh, on defense last week, and he, he may kick off this week. Mm. Uh, we got him ready to return kicks. We need to do that. So, uh, so y'all, he's, he's earning his scholarship up there for the Warriors, huh? Yeah, he, he should be sleeping good on Friday night. So. <laughs> he sounds like that utility uh, player. Yeah, oh, he can do it all now. He can do it all. Uh, started at safety's freshman year for him. That was before I got here. And I uh, moved him over to offense his 10th grade year. But he's he's a great athlete. He's um, one of the fastest kids. I'd probably the fastest kid I've ever coached. Um, he's you know, right there with Demetrius Bird and Mike mm, Greco mm. and some of those. And uh but he's he's developed as a passer over the past three seasons. You know, you talked about the the touchdown to interception ratio and he threw three more Friday night. Um and that's that's the main thing he's gotten better at. You know, last year I think it was sixteen touchdowns and eleven picks and then, you know, this year he's just gotten better and better and better throwing the football. And I think he's he's uh he wants to play quarterback at the next level and he's really, you know, working on what he needs to be working on to do that. Because there's a lot of people that want him to play D B, that want him to play wide out, that want him to just come and be an athlete. He thinks he can, can play quarterback and he's pretty much dead set on developing himself as a passer. So um but like I said, that's not the only role he has on our team. He punts and holds on extra points, plays safety and does whatever else we need him to do. So, uh, but he, he's a good one, and and like you said, we're we're pretty balanced. We've rushed for about as many yards as we've thrown for. Um, you know, we've ran him a little bit more the past couple of weeks, just because it's that time of year. You know, we try to keep him around eight to ten carries a game early in the season because we didn't want to risk losing him. But uh, shoot, you got no, no no reason to hold back now. So we'll run him as many times as we need to. 
Russell, when you look at um, some guys, maybe – I mean, I'm keeping an eye on y'all from afar, of course, but always have kept an eye on what you've done since you've been up there. Some guys getting healthy maybe in the backfield to, to help him some on this offense where he's not toting the load by himself up there? Well, yeah, it's been been a, a real unique season. You know, uh, we lost our best wide out in spring training to an ACL, uh, Kevin Barnett. Mm. And and he was a thousand yard receiver for us last year as a junior, and then he tears his ACL in April. So that was kind mm-hmm. of a devastating thing. And he uh, got it repaired. Really came back faster than expected in his rehab, and he practiced about the last three weeks of the season with us, and we brought him back in the first round playoff game. He's caught three touchdowns, and I think he's caught, you know. 16, 17 passes in those two games. So we, we put him back in and, and really got him going. He's a he's a big-time player, you know, 63 and runs well, and has really good ball skills, and he's going to be a good one at the next level. But we just got him back, and then our start running back. Um, has been battling a hamstring all year. And first game he played was a first-round playoffs. So wow. he had a, a torn tendon. His hamstring, and he's uh, he's rushed for 100 yards the last two games too. So it's kind of been been timely getting those two back, you know. In addition to what Plumley does for us running the ball, but um, I hope it's all coming together at the right time. I guess we'll find out Friday night. We're playing a pretty dang good team that's already beaten us, so we'll we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, Russell, you look back. That was an October 19th loss uh, to Brandon, 31 to 21. But in y'all's last three ball games, uh, 48, 45, and 48, your point totals. And it doesn't sound like Brandon uh, at least saw these last two kids uh, that you were mentioning. Does that give y'all some help? And, um, of course, it does as far as on the field. But even prep-wise, that they haven't had a chance to really look at them with their own eyes. Yeah, um, we we played – our defense played really well last time we played against them. Let me say that. Um, we made a couple of breakdowns and special teams. We dropped a kickoff return, and uh, and then that put us down 21-14. We dropped a kickoff return, and they scored. And then we were able to, to take the ball and drive it down and tie the game. And we kick off to them, and they run it back to, to field goal range. And they made a, made a field goal with uh, – I don't know, 10 seconds to go to to go up 24-21. Then they kick off to us and we get the lateral of the ball and they pick it up running again to make it 31-24. Mm. Okay. 31-21. So the game was a whole lot closer yeah. than that score indicated. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, our defense kept us in it all night. It wasn't our best offensive game, but, uh, you know, we, we came out on the wrong end of it. It felt like we were right there and had a chance to win it. So, um, our kids have wanted to play play them, and you know we were sitting there listening to to Pearl and Brandon at the end of the game. Right after we got done Friday night, we somebody had it on the radio, and we're sitting there listening to them. And uh, I think I think our kids wanted to wanted to play them again because because of that loss. Because we really thought we had them on the ropes and kind of let them off the hook on special teams there. But um, it'll be a good game. Uh, I don't know if y'all been to Brandon's new stadium, but that's a heck of an atmosphere for, mm. for high school football. I went up there and watched it during our bye week. Um, it's Northwest Rankin, and that was just 
incredible how many people were there and the, the, the show they put on having a high school football game it's it's kind of the, the standard as far as i'm concerned for mm-hmm. for the state of mississippi they got a great facility and a great environment so we're looking forward to going up there and seeing if we can come out with a win Domingo kid on the other side of the ball from you, Russell. They're wide out. He's the real deal, I assume. Yeah, he's gonna be hard pressed to find a wide out in high school better than him. He's he's a good one, and they make sure they get the ball to him. And their quarterback's a really good player that's gonna play in college. And they got a big running back that moved in from Forest Hill. Um, they block well, and they play good defense, and they're a, a really good football team, you know. Um, Clinton beat them way back in non district, but that's that's the only loss they've got. And they won two really close games against Pearl the last three weeks. Um, but they're 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 pretty doggone good. Uh, it'll it'll be a challenge for us for sure. Russell, we know how precious this time is for this big a week for y'all, and we certainly wish uh, you luck on Friday night, man. It's good to hear from you again, and uh, we appreciate you taking time for the podcast tonight. Yeah, Clay, thanks for letting me be a part of it, man. I appreciate it, and it's good good hearing from you. Absolutely. Thank you. Uh, Russell there, the offensive coordinator and uh, quarterback coach for Oak Grove Warriors as they play in the South State 6A this week. Thank you again, Russell. All right, man, thanks. You hear from Russell, and you hear exactly how good Brandon's going to be. We got a chance to visit with Jake Wimberly earlier in the year. He's the voice of the Brandon Bulldogs. And he kind of looked forward to this. He knew exactly what he was going to be calling this year. And he said even in late August, early September, it won't surprise me at all if this team's competing for a 6A state championship. Now they're uh, two weeks out from that. They have probably one of the the best, if not the best, wide receiver in all of the state and Mingo. And so you'll get a chance to see. You'll get uh, your money's worth. You'll have Plumlee on one side uh, for the offense for Oak Grove and then Mingo on the other out uh, catching balls in that Brandon offense. So that 6A South State Championship game, Uh, will be a lot of fun. Guys, we've mentioned everybody in the South. Let's kind of go back and just give a look ahead of who's competing in the North on each of these levels, Uh, particular to both Hornet fans in these Hornet Bowls, of course, is who will be the winner in the 4A level of Greenwood and Louisville. And Louisville, guys, when you look at what they've done, Greenwood, not to take anything away from uh, what they've accomplished, but Louisville has been unreal with what they're putting together on the north side of the state. Yep, I think if I'm reading it right, Louisville 13-1 and uh, coming into this uh, north state game against Greenwood and and Jason I'm not really sure uh if you're the Popperville Hornets or if you're the East Central Hornets which ball club you would really uh want to face Greenwood coming in 11 and 2 uh Louisville 13 and 1 as they meet this Friday so I'm not really sure which which team you'd want to face there I want to face either one of them that being the Hornets uh our Hornets have won and uh taking us to a state title but uh I don't know that either opponent like you allude to Jeff could be uh weaker of that regard. Louisville was the favorite out of uh, 4A North this year, um, and they are living up to that feeling. During our research of Northeast Lauderdale a few weeks ago for our uh, radio broadcast, I ran across some Louisville highlights, mm. and uh, I watched them for about two and a half minutes, and I clicked <laughs> them off, and I really haven't allowed my mind to go there, but guys, I will tell you this, if that is, if that is who it is in the rock, and, and here. 
so very fortunate and blessed to be there. Um, it's going to be a whale of a football game, I can assure you that. So I don't know much about uh, Greenwood and how to be admitted full of that. And, uh, but Louisville, they're, uh, they're pretty dynamic guys and a lot of talent, a lot of speed. And um, they've got them uh, stacked all over on defense and they were flying around on the footage that I watched. Yeah, I would echo that, too, of the two. I haven't seen Greenwood, uh, but if they beat Louisville, I, I won't want to see the tape, but that'll be for another day to, to study and to get into that. That will be the 4A North matchup, the 5A North matchup, Olive Branch and West Point. Of course, everybody in the state knows what West Point has done recently in 5A football uh, regardless of what Olive Branch has and I know they have a lot to be in this ball game and some of their preseason notes uh, if anybody comes out of the north that's not named West Point it will be an upset yeah and it really will be because that's it doing the previews and talking to people in, in the beginning of the season back for August that's who everybody was circling in the north for the 5A portion clay was West Point yep West Point and Olive Branch that's kind of getting what uh, we may have thought we were going to get. you have anything to add on that 5A North matchup, JB? I just would say that, uh, you know, death taxes and West Point in the state yep. championship, those three teams, uh, you can count on. I mean, it seems like every year they've been there, that, uh, or every year of the last three years that we've been in and involved around state titles, West Point has been right there each and every year. And, you know, they're, they're the ones who were back in August were picked to be there. Uh, and once again, they find themselves one win away from uh, accomplishing that team, I believe, for another year. Pretty crazy. Pretty remarkable run that they've been on as well. Yep, uh, kind of a South Panola-type run, really, when you look at what they've been able to put together the last uh, three or four years there. And then at the 6A level, you have Madison Central at Horn Lake. Horn Lake, a perfect 13-0, and and Madison Central 10-3. and will be the North matchup there in 6A football. And so, guys, that gives everybody the particulars of uh, what all is going to go on on Friday night. And it's a special time of the year in, in South Mississippi, North Mississippi. You get to tie it on, and there's only four teams remaining in each classification. I've had fun breaking it down, being able to hear from uh, coaches involved in these different matchups. We certainly appreciate JB, Jason Baker, jumping on and uh, kind of going around the horn with us, if you will, tonight for high school football. We appreciate you, Jason. Uh, thank you, guys. Absolutely enjoyed it. And I uh, hope our listeners of this uh, podcast that uh, tune in and enjoy it as much as uh, I've enjoyed talking about it. And uh, our only next hope is Hornet Bowl 2 is as good as Hornet Bowl 1. And uh, maybe just selfishly, uh, we get a different outcome. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be fun uh, for us all to get back uh, together again, make the trip over. Uh, to Hurley on Friday night. And, Jeff, I certainly appreciate you, as always, the co-host, producer, and uh, JB already knows the thing that uh, holds both uh, the radio broadcast together on Friday nights and certainly this podcast because I'll walk out of here in about five or ten minutes and then you'll put in a couple extra hours of work uh, to even get this out to our listeners, when I roll in here with a laundry list of five or six interviews, I know that uh, just makes your day, but I uh, certainly appreciate it for you. And so now that we've got the football football side of it uh, tied up, 
Let's have uh, a word with our Grand Slam hitter, cleanup hitter, Hayden Dunhurst, as he'll close us out tonight with our spotlight interview. We welcome Hayden Dunhurst to the podcast, the senior catcher out at Pearl River Central. And he had a big week last week, was able to sign with the Ole Miss Rebels uh, to compete on the next level baseball-wise next year. And Hayden, man, thank you for taking time for the podcast. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Hayden, how big was that uh, for you last week? Uh, it was a really big deal. It's a really big accomplishment that I've worked for my whole life, and you know, just be able to work every day for that certain thing. Just one of the it's one of the biggest dreams that a kid could have to play at a school like that, and it just felt really good. You know, no matter how hard you work, you can accomplish what you set your mind to. And I just think about that every day. I keep pushing myself every day to get better and better at every little aspect. Hayden certainly says uh, a lot about uh, where you are baseball-wise as that's part of a um, nice class that Ole Miss has put together, top 10 by anywhere you look, I believe, in any signing class. And so uh, the guys that you're coming in uh, with, Hayden, do you kind of create a bond with those guys already? Oh, definitely, yeah. We I actually met some of the kids for the first time because we had some kids from like California and places like that on our official the past week. And it was just really cool, you know, as soon as you started talking to him, it was kind of like you already knew him. He had a good bond and a good friendship with him. And everybody just got along really well. Everybody's humble. Everybody, you know, knows what they can do. And, and it's just really fun being around him. And we all have a lot of fun. And everybody jokes around and stuff. And it's just it's really, it's a really good time. It's a neat experience. Hayden, let's uh, let's talk high school uh, baseball, and when I say that, let's talk Blue Devil baseball there with Pearl River Central. We talk about bonding uh, that staff, which your dad is actually a part of, and then that team, a team that you've won a state championship with, competed for a South State championship with last year. Is that like a brotherhood? I mean, just being around that program some, that's certainly what it seems like from the outside. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it kind of goes back to, you know, when you were younger, the the guys that you were playing with in high school was the guys that I was playing, you know, T-ball with and, like, seven- and eight-year-old all-stars. So to see each other progress and get better each year and push each other each year, the team we had, especially that 18 class last year, I had a bunch of friends on that team. And it was just, it was just awesome to be able to do that with each other and just go through that and accomplish something that, you know, changes part of the school's history. And you'll remember that forever. Hayden, talk to us, if you would, about what Coach Walter and that staff, like I said, your uh, your dad, I believe, calls uh, pitches on that staff. The way that they know yes, baseball and they are able to teach it. I mean, you've been around some of the great teachers of baseball with some of your travels in the summer, but to have what you have locally there on a high school staff is pretty special. Yeah, it is pretty special, and it's awesome to be able to, you know, have somebody really close like Coach Walter that, you know, really knows a lot about the game, has been through a lot, you know, he coaches it and does it for a living. And it's just awesome to be able to have somebody always there, you know, always wanting to help you get better, always giving you information that you need. It's just re- it's really great, and it's, I'm really humbled about that. Hayden, we've talked about uh, the high school that you compete with there for Pearl River Central. Let's talk about uh, summer ball. I'm not sure the correct term. I'm going to get you to sort that out for me. 
but the way that this is just blown up across the uh, high school stage and to me from what i can study and see on social media and being able to uh, really dive deeper into it following you you compete for one of the better programs and one of the best who can do do it uh, from what i can tell they keep christ first and and what they do and then the caliber of players that you compete with tell us about the east coast Sox and that program yeah to me it's by far the best organization that i'm like Somebody or some kid could ever play for, you know, it's so much more about the game is what the organization is based off of. And that's what I was looking for, you know, and, um, you know, it's really awesome. Uh, got to play with, you know, Bobby Wood Jr., which is number one player in the world. And you're just like, man, this dude's got to be a little cockier, a little bit of something, you know, <laughs> and then you meet him and he's like the chillest person and the calmest guy you've ever met. And it's just awesome to see how God works through that. And he could just, you know, and the really good ones that are good like that, like him, they know that baseball is the most humbling sport. So it's just really awesome because everybody that came along, it was an instant bond. And it's just it's always been amazing and fun to play with them. And I'm just really excited that I found that organization. Hayden, and you're being humble, man. The things that are coming out from what you've been able to do uh, with some of these showcases and uh, some of these uh, organizations that you've uh, played with and against the the talk of your class really is you at the catcher position with your power your pop time um, how are you able to handle that uh, and and continue to grow as a player um well you know uh, it's always fun to hear somebody whenever they're talking good about you but you know there's always something you need to work on all the time and always something to get better at so you can never be satisfied with yourself just always push yourself every day and whatever you set your mind to it's don't stop until you get there and that's kind of how i look at it hayden as as you were talking about you know playing in the the east coast socks and doing and the showcases talk about the time and i know you've probably you've been around baseball your whole life played prc blue devils uh but Talk about the first time you actually stepped foot on a major league baseball field to play in some of these events and, and do some things that you've done, just the awe and inspiring of a big major league ballpark that you're going to be a part of one day as your career is going on as you further it at Ole Miss. Oh, yeah, it was it was truly incredible to be able to play at a major league ballpark. You know, you've dreamed your whole life of something like that, and so that something like that to happen, it just kind of blows you away. And I was just really humbling experience for me, and I just, I it just kind of blew me away for everything. It was just really enjoyed it all. And Hayden, that that game that Jeff's referring to, uh, I've got it saved on my TV. It was on Major League uh, Baseball Network. Network. That's right. And and the guy that you were catching, Hayden, in those first couple. I mean, these guys are throwing high 90s with movement. Are you ever – Jeff's talking about in all of, of the facility that you're at, you know, the, the game being on – but the guys, I mean, you you bring up Witt Jr. Some of these guys that you're competing with or against, are you ever kind of in all of exactly what they can do? Oh, yeah, of course. And it's, it's truly amazing to be able to watch people like that and to know, you know, that you can actually play with those guys and compete on the same level. You know, it's fun because, like, guys like that will even look at you for tips 
that you look at the game, and so you can pick up off each other and see what each other's you know looking at during the game and the little tips they're trying to get, you know, from the pitchers or whatever. But yeah, another thing is the pitching is crazy. I mean, every every guy's throwing you know ninety five to hundred now. It's it's pretty crazy, and it was fun to catch those guys, you know, with movement. You know, they had at least three to four pitches, and the thing about it was they were throwing ninety eight, ninety nine, and it was they were pinpointing it whenever they wanted, where they wanted, in, out, up, down. It was just it was a really fun it was a fun experience, and it was fun to catch that. It was certainly cool for us back at home to see uh, somebody from Pearl River County up on that stage, and the way that. Uh, you represent us always in the right way. And Hayden, we c- appreciate you joining us, man. We wish you continued success. And uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on you and uh, look forward to visiting you each step along uh, your journey, wherever God may lead you. And uh, we certainly appreciate you taking time for us tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless. Thank you for listening to this week's episode brought to you by Mugshots, Katie Cake and Company, Huey P. Stocksdale LLC, Pearl River Community College, Bank Plus, Advantage Insurance Company, Herring Ford, and Picayune Physical Therapy Center. Stay tuned for more episodes in the weeks to come.